0: There's a joy to dancing, that only people who have danced know what it is. There's a freedom, a looseness. Now, I'm not gonna ask if you guys had any aids or helps in trying to dance, if you had any spirits. We're going to assume it was the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit got you guys dancing. That's what I'll assume. But at some point, you got to a place where mentally, emotionally, physically, you were so relaxed, so present, that you began to let your body and your mind and your emotions move with something else outside of yourself. You're listening to a message at Grace Church of Alma, a place where the curious, bored, and discouraged can journey together toward a full life with Jesus. Advent is a a season of the year. It it leads into Christmas. It's about four Sundays long. The reason that we have Advent is because we try to remind ourselves that something is happening, right? That something different has happened. One of the hardest things to do is to take someone who is used to a certain kind of thing and tell them that what they thought is ordinary isn't really ordinary. There's something different happening. So we take this one month of the year and we do these, these things. We sing these songs. We read these verses. We have these, these practices and these candles. And the reason is that we're, we're trying to connect ourselves to the story of Jesus breaking through. The word Advent means to break in, to enter into. It's almost like to rip a veil, right? To step into something, to interrupt something. And it's not that Jesus only interrupted then, or it's not that He's only going to interrupt when He returns. It's this. It's to remind ourselves that we live in a world where God is interrupting. God is breaking into it. But the problem is few of us feel it. Have you felt God breaking in this morning, anybody? Yeah. Okay. So what we do is we start this process in the dark, right? We start with the candles uh, not lit. We start uh, by acknowledging that this, this world is not fully finished yet, right? God still, He's up to something. He's working on something. And so we start in the dark, and then each Sunday we light a candle, It reminds us that we're getting closer to the moment when we can celebrate that God, He enters in, He steps into this world. And so this is now officially the fourth Sunday of Advent. And so what we're going to do, we're going to light all of the blue candles, right? The nice pretty blue candles. Now, who knows when we will light the white candle? Anybody, holler it out. Specifically, what time? Midnight! Come on, people! Come on. about to light fire in this church. Midnight, right? You gotta wait. Everyone goes, no, no, we're celebrating Christmas today. No, it's not here yet, right? Now, there's something about holding back the expectation, at the gratification, right? If I were to take you to McDonald's, right, and you're starving and you want that burger, what if for some weird reason you could not get the burger? You're stuck in line, it goes five minutes, fifteen minutes. 30 minutes, an hour, you can't get out of the car, you can't go anywhere. For some reason, you got to stay in the line. you got to stay there, right? And you're waiting to get the burger, okay? And you're getting angry, and you're honking, you're yelling, you're being very Christ-like, amen, everybody? <laughs> and you finally get the burger three hours later. I guarantee you this, it will taste better than it did. It, that junky, fake thing we call food that they're going to give you for $5 now, right? Because it's not, it's, it's not value anymore, we all know that. When you get that burger, if you had to wait for it, you had to think about it. We'll say the fries at McDonald's. How about the fries, right? Because the fries are better than the burgers at McDonald's. Anybody? Fries are better. And so you get those nice, hot, crisp, salty fries. And you've been waiting for them and thinking about them, and you finally get it, right? The difference between waiting for it for five seconds and five hours is the expectation builds desire. It builds it. One of the things about humans is that we love to long for things. We're created to anticipate pleasure, to to build up to it. Have you ever realized that the most exciting thing about a vacation is thinking about when you get to go on vacation? Oh, and we're going to do that one thing, and we're going to do that other thing, and it's going to be so great, we're going to leave the kids with the parents. Woo! Amen, Hallelujah. And the dream that you build up, the anticipation, typically sometimes outdoes the actual experience. Just wait, we're going to get, it's going to be so good. Oh, man. And the moment that you go on a trip, if you're someone who likes trips, what are you doing at, on the last day of your trip? What are you doing? Anybody? Planning your what? Your next. Come on. Because it's the process, it's the looking forward that we long for, what we enjoy. Something weird about humans. Humans are weird, all right? We've talked about this. Now, in this season of Advent, we've been talking about this common theme in the scriptures of music, rhythm, of song. That uh, from Genesis to Revelation, there's a theme of a song or a sound of what God is doing in the world. Now, in recent times, we've, we, through the help of science, we've been able to really kind of see some really cool things about this, right? We now understand that all matter, everything in this room, the chairs you're sitting on, your bodies, right? This stand are all comprised of sound waves. How ridiculous is that? That every single thing in this room has, has a frequency. It responds to a sound in a very different way. What in the world is that? It's crazy. It's crazy. And there's something about this theme of sound. As we talked about, there's a a process of experiencing sound. The first thing that happens is it's almost like a primal experience of sound or of of a song or melody or or rhythm. We start with a sensation, almost like a physical experience in the body. You begin, your body will begin to notice the pitches and the beat and the rhythm before your brain can even process it, right? You will begin to feel it inside, sense it, right? And then there, there's a space after your body is kind of reacting to this sound that your brain will begin to make sense of it. You'll begin to, to understand what's happening with the sounds and the rhythms. We understand that uh, of all the animals on the planet, there are, are, are only two to three species that are even able to understand extremely basic uh, patterns and rhythms of sound. That Humans have a very extraordinary ability to make sense of sounds, to kind of turn them into things, to, to bring order to sound. It's a very human thing to do, right? Now, now, with this, when you begin to sense a sound, right, you've, you've felt it in your body, you've, you've heard it, your, your brain is making sense of it, now you are stuck with the question of how are you going to respond to this sound, right? We had the one Sunday where uh, we did the frequency test. It started with the low bass notes. When it got to the high treble notes, everyone began to kind of just begin to shrink back, right? The high piercing highs, your body begins to, to draw back. And so the question for us is once we begin to sense this, to, to make sense of this sound, how are we going to respond? And so in the Scriptures we see that the song of God, the song of what God is doing in the earth, what God started in Genesis, what He, he has been at work at every single moment and every second of existence. That this thing that God is doing, it's disruptive. It, it interrupts. So uh, if you were here last Sunday, we started out, or some Kenny G, na-na-na-na, na 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 you know what I'm talking about? And uh, all, all the couples started scooting a little closer, you know? A very easy rhythm, right? It's not disruptive, it's easy to move with, right? And then we went to some more advanced music, right? We went to Coltrane's Progressive Jazz. I cannot imitate that with my mouth, but if you were in here, you experienced it, and everyone's going, ah, ah. Your brain is struggling to make sense of the rhythms, right? It's all sorts of syncopations, different key changes, and there's so much happening that your brain can't make sense of it, and you just begin to just, oh, I don't like it. It's disruptive. Bring back the Kenny G elevator music, please, right? Now, there's an idea I have for you this morning. You might not believe me, but here it is. It is easier for you to dance or to respond to a rhythm than it is for you to stand still hear me it is easier for a human being to move when they hear a rhythm than it is for a human being to resist a rhythm who here knows how to dance raise your hand come on be brave one two five six seven ten twelve twelve people out of how many come on really are we that wide of a church everybody come on Twelve people, that's all we got who can dance? Woo, okay. Now, if you have never danced before, okay, now that this sounds a little bit odd, okay, I have, I have had a season in my life where I did dance and I liked to dance, okay, that's a long time ago. Back in those days, I will say this, okay, this sounds cheesy and it's, it's uncomfortable and embarrassing, but I'll say this, there is a joy to dancing that only people who have danced know what it is. There's a freedom, a looseness. Now, I'm not going to ask if you guys had any aids or helps in trying to dance, if you had any spirits. We're going to assume it was the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Right? The Holy Spirit got you guys dancing. That's what I'll assume. But at some point, you got to a place where mentally, emotionally, physically, you were so relaxed, so present, That you begin to let your body and your mind and your emotions move with something else outside of yourself. Something that you weren't controlling, something that you were not creating, and you began to move with it, right? Now, who's ever experienced dancing with other people? Dancing people, dancing, not Kenny G dancing, dancing, okay? Moving and dancing with a group of people, how about this? Who's ever done the electric slide? about the Macarena who knows the words nobody it's okay all right who knows about that is there a joy in that even if it's embarrassing even if it's humiliating when you step on the floor with other people and you begin to move with people you know there's something about it and you go ah that was that felt good right there's a freedom in that, right? Now, the premise here. It is easier for a human being to dance than to stand still. I'm not saying dance well. I am just mean to try, to attempt to move, right? Now, I have some scientific evidence backs this up. I have three songs. Are you guys ready for this? Three songs that have been scientifically proven that the mass majority of, of humans uh, human beings, are pre-programmed inside your psyche somewhere to automatically respond to the beat. First song, please, DJ. I want to keep it short. You feel it? Okay, you can stop, please. I can't, I can't. But, did you feel it? You felt it, right? There's some, something on your body, whether you knew it or not, something moved. It could have been your eyes twitching. It could have been your foot or your finger or your elbow. Something moved. All right, song number two. Come on. More manly. Yeah, it's a war cry. You ready? Ready? Right? Okay, we're good, we're good, we're good. But you feel it, right? Now, here's the thing. If you were alone in a car with no one around, how would you react to these two songs? Now see, here's the thing, at the same point in my life where I was very, I had a lot of fun dancing, was also the point in my life where I was very aware of how people thought of me. So I spent a lot of energy not dancing. Would you like to know the number one place I did not dance whenever in that season of my life? Would you like to guess? Church. Church. Amen. Hallelujah. If you only knew what I would look like if I were responding to music in a church setting without you in the room. In the churches that I went to, there were specific ways that we were taught to move to music, right? <laughs> That's what I call the white clap, right? <laughs> yeah. This one, you know? Glory. Come on, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? And if you're really brave, you would sway in the wind. You know? Yeah, I got it. It's a response, right? There's something in the human body. It is easier for you as a human being to respond to rhythm than for you to resist it. That's a crazy thing to think about. So uh, with our family, we, we do these like dance parties, right? And so like, with the, we're trying to teach the kids to enjoy freedom right? <laughs> while they still have it you know, at a young age. And so in, uh, in the car, the house, we'll play some music, and the kids will just begin to just naturally dance. Now it takes the adults longer to get loose. You know what I'm talking about? You know, know, we start, you know what I mean? Yeah, this is great, right? But there's a freedom in it, right? It comes naturally for us. That has to be programmed out of you. If you don't know how to dance, it's because you've learned to ignore that natural response inside of you. There's something in us, right? Uh, Something else that, that we've learned. Humans will always add a rhythm to a movement. Think about this. So, walking. How many of you walk like this? <laughs> Who does it? Nobody does it, right? When you move, you will naturally create a gait and a natural stride that you will walk with, right? When you run, it has a rhythm. It's all sorts of things we could talk about, but you will add a rhythm to any kind of emotion. If you're mopping, sweeping, if you're vacuuming, you will naturally begin to put a rhythm in the motions that you're doing. It's a human thing. What is, what is that? No other species on the planet builds rhythms into every movement they do, but humans do. Now there's something powerful about these rhythms. Something that um, I think is built into the Scriptures. That to respond to a rhythm to dance, if you would, is to, is to move with something outside of yourself. To be a part of something that's not you. Now, if you studied, if you studied uh, history at all, there's been a giant question that humans have been asking for all of human history. Two questions. One, are we alone? And two, why are we here? What is the purpose? What is, is there anything bigger that's at work besides my day that I wake up and go through? But yet, something hidden inside the actual human brain and body says that we are most happy when we are a part of something bigger than ourselves. We're moving with something outside of ourselves. This whole series, Hope Has a Rhythm, it all started with a statement from Pastor Larry. He said that there was this uh, professor who defined joy as rhythmic motion. And that, that line caught me. I was like, okay, that's it. i got to build an entire series just on that one idea. What's inside of that one idea? And so what's happening is this. If you are created to respond, to move with something outside of yourself, if you can't even help it, it takes effort to resist dancing, to resist looking like a fool, right? It takes work to look cool. How about that? Then what's happening is this. Everyone in this room, everyone is already dancing to something. It's a reality. We're all dancing to a rhythm already. You're already moving to something. There's a rhythm inside of every human being's lives right now. The only question is, what is that rhythm? What are you moving to? What is the cadence that your life is centered around? Now, we can go to all different places, but one of the, the major things in the Scriptures that we see is that there is a song, a rhythm, a movement of life from heaven through Christ, and then that there is a movement on the earth that does not come from God. And that the movement, the song, if we, if we want to call it that, on the earth, is one of self-preservation. How do I keep me and mine safe? Whether that me and mine is my own personal uh, identity, whether it's my family or our city, or the alma Airedales or the, uh, the Arkansas Razorbacks or the Republicans or Democrats or Americans or in the future, maybe it's earthlings, you know, maybe. That the rhythm of the world, if Christ is not on it, is one where we will always be getting more separated from each other. C.S. Lewis's book, where he tried to kind of use his imagination, what would hell be like? He created hell as this place where people are always moving farther from each other. That there is an isolation, is the greatest element of this experience of hell, where people are always moving. It, it's a picture of almost like their land. If you can picture like a fence around your house, here's your lawn, here's your house, and that piece of land is always moving away, and everyone's moving in different directions into greater and greater isolation. Do you see how I, how I walked back into the shadows? Did you see that? Skill right there. See that? That was not planned. It just happened. And so what happens in all this, right? There is this thing where when Christ comes on the earth, the song of Christ, the interruption... What disrupts the world, what causes friction is that there's a different rhythm. There's a a challenging rhythm. Have you ever heard two songs played on top of each other? I will not do that to you today, okay? But have you ever heard it before? Your body just begins to just like break down because you don't know what to move to. It's stressful. The news of Christ on the earth was not all joyous. If you guys recall this story, from the moment that Jesus is born, things begin to kind of go downhill. There begins to be more friction on the earth. We see that uh, he and his family have to flee, have to go find sanctuary in another country, find safety, because what happens in Israel is they begin to send out a decree to kill all of the male children under a certain age. That's not a joyous song to dance to. There's a little bit of friction going on there. And we get a challenge. If if the natural rhythms of the earth are that we would always begin to become more and more tribal, more and more sectioned off, more and more about us and ours, more divided, more angry, hostile, more violent, then what's the rhythm of this this thing that God is doing in Christ? The words used to describe what God is doing in, in Jesus is called reconciliation. Unfortunately, as Christians, we've ruined this word. It's become very boring. Reconciliation is not a boring word. Here is the idea of this. Imagine if everything that was pulling apart came together. The Apostle Paul gets a little bit crazy. Sometimes they wonder sometimes if, if the Apostle Paul was drinking some things when he wrote his, his writings. Because his ideas are pretty big. And he says, no, God's not only bringing you to Him, He's not only taking your sins away, He's not only bringing Israel together with Rome and the Greeks, He's bringing the cosmos together. It's his favorite word. It goes over and over again in the the writings of Paul. He used the word cosmos. God is at work in all of the planets and the solar systems and the stars and the sky, in every single relational being and thing, bringing everything back together. Right? Sounds cool. Sounds beautiful. But in your own life, it gets gets slightly challenging. Because the thing for you is you're already moving to a rhythm. You're already moving to a song. The majority of the choices that you make on every day are dictated by this song, by this rhythm. Are you moving throughout your day based on insecurity? Going throughout your day making choices, interacting with people in a way to protect yourself, to hide yourself? Do you go throughout your day based on fear? Are you always walking into a room trying to hide away from the other person? Do you go throughout your day with uh, this rhythm of conquest? You always have to have more. I got to achieve more. I have to climb the ranks. I got to do this thing. Do you go through your life with a rhythm about your children? Is your life all built around your kids and your family? Is your life built around your business? Is your life built around you? <laughs> right. Every single life in the room has a rhythm and a song that you're moving to. And the question is, what will that look like if you choose to move to a different song, to a different rhythm? Now, we talked about last Sunday, there's an interruption. If you are doing the Macarena, okay, just in your head, just play it out. Okay, I'm not going to say it. Let's go, right? And then someone switches on some country music. Line dancing time. Pause. Pause. Line dancing, the doop ba doom you know what I'm talking about? There you go. You are present, got it? What would happen? There's a shifting that has to take place. There's a movement that has to take place. So here's the thing about this. Everyone in this room is already moving to a rhythm in your life. Your life has become about a certain thing. And that is what dictates all the way you interact with everyone in your life. But the question is this. Is that rhythm, is that movement, is that thing that kind of directs the majority of your time and energy, is that thing the same thing that Christ is doing right now? Does it look, does it feel like Jesus? What's it doing? How do we even know if we're moving in accordance with Jesus? So, I'm going to help you out a little bit. Here are some questions to ask yourself. Here are some steps to figuring out if we are moving to the rhythm of God in our lives. Here's the first one. You might not have been taught that this is very gospel. This is the heart of the gospel. Are you moving towards loving yourself? Now, you might not have been taught this is part of of the Scriptures. You've been taught that, that God loves you, which you're absolutely true. That's completely correct. But part of learning to receive the love of God is learning to receive how God sees you. One of the hardest parts about being loved is allowing yourself to be loved. I'm not sure if you've ever experienced that. I am much better at sharing love and affection to people than I am at receiving it. But there are two sides to loving, right? One of the hardest sides for human beings to receive love is learning to direct that love inward, to love ourselves. My greatest challenge as a pastor is this. Few of us have ever really danced before. You don't know what you're missing. So every Sunday, I'm trying to describe what it's like when you get in that groove and you're dancing, moving. <laughs> Judy Nelson is nodding so hard over here. I'm kind of nervous what you're talking. She's like, yes, that's the place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See? I knew it was coming. But if you've been there, then you know what I'm talking about. There's a freedom there. There is a place of connection to God that most of us have not reached yet. It's not because you're not smart enough. It's not because you haven't studied enough or prayed enough or been to church enough. It's because there's a part in us we haven't spent time allowing God to work in us. And that's where all the stuff happens. That's what the song of God is about. That's what all this stuff is about. Emmanuel, God not with the world, not God with the cosmos, or God with the Republicans, or Democrats, or God with America. It's God with us. Right here. The passage we opened up with this morning, God shows up with the shepherd boys. We're not have time to open all that up, but you get it. It's It's a big deal. The announcement of what God is doing in the world, the first taste of what God is doing is this. The first people to hear the sound, the first people to move with the rhythm of God, are the first people that everyone else overlooks and ignores. How else could you actually say that God's going to be with every one of us in a better way than God going to be with the absolute bottom of society, the ones that no one cares about? In the next few months, we will begin to argue and fight and yell about who God is with. Is He with this candidate or that candidate? This powerful person or that powerful person? But I want you to understand something. The story starts not at the top, it starts at the bottom. Because the sound of God, what God is doing in the world is always in the places that most of us are going to miss. That's where it starts. That's where the gold is. That's where the good stuff is. My job as a pastor is to get you to dance someday. Now, I have a a long, you know, a 15-year plan. If I can get you to dance in 15 years, I've I've won as a pastor. It's my goal. And every morning I get up here, I will try to tell you what you're missing. Because you just don't know until you get there. You don't know what life is like until you've learned how to love yourself. That is a mystery God with us, Emmanuel. The God who wants to be with us. He's not just here to fix us or to correct us or to spank us or to scold us. To be with us. So the first sign that you are moving to the rhythm of God in your life, are you learning every day how to love yourself? Is that a thing in your life? Have you made any progress in the last week or month or year or two years in that? Here's a second thing that you'll notice. What it's like to dance with God. Are you moving towards loving those near you? Again, when I say near, I mean like near your affections. People that you naturally like. People who are like you. People who make you feel safe and comfortable. Are you moving in a way where every day you're learning to love those people better? How do I love them in ways that they need to be loved? How do I love them in ways that I don't naturally love people, but I'm going to learn to love them better? And how do I and am I doing these things to those people that are make me feel comfortable and safe and how am I loving and moving towards loving people who make me feel uncomfortable and threatened rejected maybe judged even wounded how am I moving towards loving those people when you get to this place in your life you will notice if you're going that deep with God you will notice because your life will begin to change quickly and here's the last thing helpful question to ask yourself, and I ask myself all the time. Am I moving in a direction that's challenging me to love in a way that is risky? It could cost me. It could backfire. Well, if I do this, then it, you know, it could affect my business. It could affect my relationships. It could affect my family. I, it's not comfortable. I don't, I don't like this thing. Are you learning to love in a way that might cost you something? Now, on the surface, every one of these three questions sounds extremely childish and ordinary. But I'm telling you this, when you get there, you'll know that I am showing you right now what it looks like when you begin to move to the sound of what God started in a manger with shepherds and cows and farm animals. I mean, I doubt there were cows there. You know what I mean? Donkeys, right? I'm sure goats were there. Some sheep. We know some sheep were there, right? What God started in this manger, in the darkness, hidden. Not in the throne rooms or in the palaces of power. What God started with the bottom of the rung. This song, this movement that God's been doing since all things were created, this thing that God is going to conclude and is going to touch all of the cosmos, when you begin to let this thing touch you, here are things that you will begin to notice. And these things will transform your life your life will go from this motion where you're continually getting more secure, safer, more comfortable, and you will begin to go to a place where you are stepping into people's lives and relationships that you probably never would have done otherwise. You're paying attention. You're caring. You're connected in places and ways that you never would have allowed yourself to even think of. But here's the thing. You're a human. You are built to move with something outside of yourself it is going to take more effort for you to ignore what God is doing in your life. To not move to that rhythm than it is to dance with it. If you are not living in this way, it's because you are using energy. You are fighting it off. Have you ever been the one person at the prom? Everyone's out there doing the dance and you're at the chair going, "Mm, I don't want to dance. I don't want to dance. I'm good right here. Come on. I know who you are. I won't look at you. Has that been you? Stop fighting it. Stop fighting it. Would you guys stay with me? As a pastor, the heart I have for you is this, that you would not miss out on a single thing with God. That you would be able to connect to every single opportunity of the fullness of every gift that He has for you. That's what I want for your life. And part of it is this, acknowledging that we in this moment are using energy. We are fighting off the movements of God in our life. If we don't know what it looks like, we're start with these very simple questions. If you can't answer the first question, that's the, the best place to start. Now, we've got people here to help us in that process. We have a, a whole course to do it, all sorts of different techniques and classes and guides and teachers. But the first thing we start with, are we learning every day how to love ourselves more? I'm not saying to make excuses for our bad decisions or bad behaviors. That's not what we're talking about. Are you learning that the places and things inside of you that you're most ashamed of are places where God is present with you? That God loves you deeply, has plans for your life? This is a challenge. So Father, we just come to you this morning. In our minds, we acknowledge on this season of Advent that you have broken through that You have entered in, You have stepped into every single space in our lives. Every place that we are most uncomfortable, that we have the most questions or anger or fear or frustration or insecurity, these are the places that You have already broken into. You've stepped into. We are no longer alone in any place in our lives. So Father, we pray this morning, that in any way that we are hiding ourselves from you, that we are resisting you, that we are fighting against you, that you would show us. Lord, we pray, Lord, that you would help us be a people who know how to receive love and we know how to share love. That we know how to let the people who mean the most to us express their care for us and that we would be people who know how to express the way that we care for those. And if we truly are people who feel alone, that we have no one, that we would be ready to have someone. That we would be ready for friendship, for family. Father, we thank you this morning that you sent Emmanuel, the God who was with us.